Good morning and happy Easter. Welcome to Cultivate Church Online. We're so happy you're joining us this morning. I know it looks a little different than what it normally would on a Sunday, but it's still the same experience. God's presence is still with you in your living room this morning. And if you're our guest today and this is your first time joining Cultivate Church Online, welcome. We're so happy that you're with us this morning. Now, if you'll stand up and worship, we have an amazing worship experience and message prepared for you today. We're here today to celebrate the life and mourn the loss of our friend. Loss is never easy. Today we realize that loss means life is short. You know, I've never met someone who thought that they had lived too long. When you speak with most people, even memories decades old seem like it's just yesterday. The problem with the quickness of life is that most of us don't realize it's short until it's too late. That's because life is deceiving. We spend most of our time chasing after fleeting things, selfish things, never really paying attention to the most important things like family or relationships. There's almost always words left unsaid, deeds left undone. The pain of loss really for many of us is that we never see it coming. It catches us off guard. It hurts to know we couldn't go back and have that conversation or go back and accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish or do with the people in our life. It kind of settles in for many of us, heavy anxiety and pain and, and loss and hurt and depression. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're settling in in hurt and depression, maybe anxiety over the loss. It's Easter 2020 and many of us today are dealing with disappointment and the, the loss of not being with family and friends today. Many of our Easter traditions are not going to happen. For the first time in 36 years of my life, I won't spend Easter with my family at my grandparents' home. I didn't get to celebrate with my church family today. And like many of you, we're just trying to embrace and navigate this, this new normalcy of life in this moment. Many of us can feel like what we just witnessed. Like we've sat in the seats and dealing with loss of a loved one that we wish we could go back and say something or do something again. And we're just trying to navigate all of these feelings and all of these emotions. But today being Easter, it's a day of hope. And many of us approach Easter knowing the end all the way from the beginning. We know that because of Jesus, we have hope for our today and we have hope for our tomorrow. But the, the realization is the journey to get to that hope, there was a process that had to be followed. And I believe that today, the process of Easter is going to encourage us and equip us today to be able to navigate not only these moments in these seasons, but the seasons that are ahead. And we're in the second week of a series that we've called Come Alive. And I've titled your message today, Live Again, because I want to bring you out of the Easter story three things that I really believe is going to encourage you to live again, to be able to embrace the season we're in, to be able to grow from it, and to be able to use it as something that's going to it's going to 
catapult your life into something that is even greater in the days ahead. And so there's three things that I want to bring you today that I believe is a process of Easter. And the first is this, I want you to write this down, is that we have to understand the pain of Easter. That in order to get to the hope of Easter, we had to endure some pain. And I believe that even today, in this season that we're in, what God is doing and what God is saying and what God is taking us through, even though it's a little bit of pain, even though it's a little discomfort, even though it feels like sitting in a funeral service experiencing loss, He's got something that He wants to bring out of it for us. But there's pain often that we have to endure. And in the Bible, in Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 49, we see the story of pain and loss as Jesus was offering His life on the cross for you and for me. And here's what it says. It says, By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. This is as Jesus is on the cross offering His life for us. And I love the statement of the description of what was happening in the surrounding that darkness fell across the whole land. And I believe that as you and I are experiencing this Easter today, many of us feel as though we're sitting in a land of darkness. That darkness has covered our lives in this season. But in verse 45 it says, The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. It's a powerful statement and a powerful moment that what would separate us personally from God, that Jesus, by offering His life, then in that moment gave us an opportunity to have a direct connection to God. In the midst of the darkness, and even though the sun had set, powerful things were happening even though people didn't recognize it. Right now for us today on Easter 2020, even though it feels like darkness is all around, and even though it feels like the sun has set, and we're sitting in the middle of the funeral, God is up to something. Verse 46, Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, He breathed His last. Verse 47, when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and he said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the woman who had followed Him from Galilee, they stood at a distance watching. There's something powerful in that moment that even the one who was overseeing the execution of Jesus, in that moment as, as Easter really began, He recognized that He was the Son of God. And all of the people that had gathered to see Jesus crucified, many of those very people, that had shouted crucify Him and, and put Him on that cross, then in that moment, the Bible tells us that they went home with their heads down, with pain and with hurt, experiencing the loss of Christ. See, before we reached any hope, people had to endure a lot of pain. And as a pastor, I've experienced a lot of funerals in my life. I have, I have officiated funerals. I have attended funerals. I have even covered the grave with a shovel, taking the dirt and putting it into the grave to fill a grave. I know that funerals for many of us, we think it's about our loved one or the one that's gone on and has passed, but really funerals are about us. Funerals are really a way for us to cope with loss because it's a struggle in our life that when we experience loss, we try to find ways in which we can, we can deal with that loss. 
Like many of us today in this season of our life, because we're dealing with difficulty, we're trying to find ways to adapt and to deal with loss. Many of us in the settings of funerals, we do a lot of different things that I think are sometimes um, they're, they're special, they're sentimental, but they can be a little humorous. There was one particular funeral that uh, Pastor Brandon and I officiated, and at the end of the funeral, at the graveside, they were going to release, release some doves, and it's a beautiful representation of, of the person's soul leaving their body, and as the dove flies away and, and out of sight, it's like the soul is, is reaching heaven, and it's this beautiful picture, and this particular day, this, this family was experiencing loss, and there was a lot of emotion, and as they released the dove, this individual yelled out that you know mom was flying away and they encouraged mom to fly high. And it was this emotional moment until the dove only reached a few yards away and landed on top of the hill on the old pickup truck that actually delivered the doves to the funeral. Now mom only made it as far as the pickup trucks. I don't know that mom made it to heaven that day. In that moment it was, it was silly and it was, it was funny but it was just trying to deal with loss and cope with uncertainty. And so today I'm asking you in this stage of your life, on this Easter morning, that represents hope, but I want you to know that I understand that there's a lot of pain. And I want you to understand that because of pain, it can prevent us from seeing and experiencing the hope. Today, what have you put in your place of life that maybe is the pain that it's so overwhelming that it's preventing you from experiencing the power of Jesus today and the hope of Easter. We do a lot of things to cope with pain. Many of us turn to food. You know you're stressed and you say, I just need something to eat and it needs to be greasy and it needs to be fast and maybe it needs to be a buffet. Maybe for you, the golden corral is your stop when you're just dealing with life and disappointment. For many of us, we turn to different substances. Maybe it's medication, maybe it's alcohol, I know people that would say, I need a cigarette, I'm stressed, I need that nicotine fixed. For many of us, we turn to relationships. We try to find validation through other people, somebody that can make me happy or make me feel a certain way. Some of us, the first thing we try to do is we try to spend some money. Even if it's money we don't have, we'll do anything we can to try to, to, try to ease the pain that we feel. So today, I just want you to know it's okay, even on Easter, to be able to recognize that you have pain. Just like these people who went, uh, went home in deep sorrow. They were experiencing the pain of Easter. But I'm encouraging you today, don't let your pain be bigger than the power of Jesus. If we're so attached to pain that we can't see the power, we'll miss the hope that this day brings. But it gets better from here. So we have to know that there is a moment, sometimes there is a season of the pain of Easter, but there's also the promise of Easter. And the Bible tells us in Luke 18, verse 31 through 34, that even before Jesus was to be crucified, Jesus did His best to tell us what was going to happen. And in this moment of Scripture, Jesus is talking to His disciples, and this is what He said. He says about Himself that He would be handed over to the Romans in order to be arrested and to be taken in, that Jesus would be handed over. He would be mocked. He would be treated shamefully. He would be spit upon. They would flog Him with a whip and they would kill Him. Jesus even knew that He would experience the pain of Easter. That personally, all of that pain that you feel, that I feel, 
that we struggle with in this life, the disappointments that maybe we're dealing with, Jesus took all of that on His own shoulders to experience the pain of Easter. But here's the promise. He said, but on the third day, He will rise again. What an incredible promise that Jesus said, hey, even though we will endure pain, there is a promise that I will rise again. Verse 34, but they didn't understand any of this. What a key statement that in the moment, in the middle of Jesus talking about the greatest miracle that would ever take place, they didn't understand it and they couldn't see it. The significance of His words were hidden from them and they failed to grasp what He was talking about. See, the issue is that often your pain can prevent you from being able to process a promise. If your pain is so hard, if your pain is so difficult, if your pain is so overwhelming, when the promise is given to you, we can't even process it because we're dealing with so much pain in our life. But the good news is today, even though the pain is stinging, even though your circumstances of life are difficult, there is a promise. And on three days, Jesus would rise again. And so I'm asking you today, do you understand that there's a promise for your life? It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or what you're going through. I know what you're thinking. I don't qualify for a promise. God can't do this in my life. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. It's Easter, and if I couldn't even walk into a door of a church, if it was open, because you don't know what's happened in my life. But I want to let you know today that this promise of the hope of the resurrection is for you. From the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end, it has always been about God's search for relationship with us. But we have to know that the promise has to be understood. You know that history's most tragic and triumphant day were just three days apart. There's a lot of incredible miracles that can take place from the pain to the promise. But you have to know that the promise is for you. Now my son, he is three, and if I promise him something, I'm learning the older he gets, he remembers a promise. He's really into painting right now, and we're in this quarantine thing, so we're trying to find things to keep him busy, and like many of you, trying to find activities that will keep his mind learning and, and activities that he enjoys. And so he's been into painting recently, and one day he was really wanting to paint, but it was really nap time, and the nap's really probably more for us to have a little moment, a little break than it is for him, but we told him, hey buddy, if you go take this nap, then when the nap is over, I promise you can paint as soon as the nap is over. There was a little bit of leverage to get him into that bed to take that nap. And he said, deal. That's what he'll do. He'll say, Dad, deal. And he'll give me the thumbs up. And so he did. He went to the bed and he took his nap. And as soon as his eyes opened, the door of the bedroom wasn't even open. Lights were not even on. The indication that he was awake to us was, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, can I paint now? He woke up with remembrance of the promise. And he knew that if his dad, if his father had given him the word, he knew that if his father had given him the promise, that it would come to pass. And the key was that he didn't forget. He knew that what his dad said was trustworthy. 
And today I want you to know something, that what your Father says is trustworthy. You may not even be aware today, but God is our Father, and He loves us. We're His children, all of us. Regardless today, if you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, if you've given your heart or your life to Him or not, you are a child of God. All you have to do is to receive the promise that is gifted for you. And I want you to know today, your Father is trustworthy. I know the pain of of loss and difficulty and in relationships with our natural parents. Maybe your natural father wasn't reliable. Maybe your natural father wasn't in the picture. Maybe you didn't experience that relationship of a father. But I want you to know today that your heavenly father is dependable and that he gave you a promise. Don't let your pain prevent you from processing the promise. The disciples sat with Jesus and he was describing pain that they would experience. He was describing pain that he would experience. But unfortunately, they were so wrapped up in their pain that they missed the statement. But three days later, I will rise again. And I'm encouraging us today. What I want your focus to be is not just on your pain, but I want you to look past that pain so that you can receive the promise. There's a hope beyond our pain of loss. You see, because life is eternal, The Bible teaches us that if this is all we had hope in, we're of all men most miserable. But that there is a hope. The Bible teaches us that Jesus came to this world and He lived a perfect, sinless life to conquer sin and death and hell and the grave so that we could have an eternal life with Jesus, with our Father in heaven. So the easy way to accomplish that is to begin a relationship with Him. The Bible says because He did all of those things and came back to life, on the third day. It says that if we would believe in Him and confess our sins to Him, that He would save us and He would settle our eternity in heaven. So yes, today, Easter 2020, there will be the pain of Easter. The good news is that there is the promise of Easter. And the number three, I want you to write this down, there is the power of Easter. Now, I could tell you all of this today and you would say, well, Pastor, I anticipated something like this today. It's Easter. I anticipated that you would talk about Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And I've heard this before. Maybe you were in Sunday school when you were a kid and you've heard these stories. But today what I want to encourage you is as real as the pain of Easter that you may know and feel and experience. I want you to experience the power of Easter today. And it's not just my words. It's not something that I'm telling you. It's something that you can experience right where you are after Jesus gave His life for us on the cross. And the promise that He gave us that three days later that He would rise again, we experience that here in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 7. And here's what it says. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They had already been preparing to go and to take care of the body of Jesus. They had anticipated going out very early and just taking care of what was left of their friend, the one that they loved. But verse 2 said, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, I've been in church my whole life and I've seen all of the plays and the productions of rolling away the stone and you've seen the movies and we've seen the pictures and the photographs and we really think that's really exciting to see, but I want to take you to real life and I want you to think about going to visit your loved one 
after having sat in a funeral, having seen them buried, and you go out to visit to bring your flowers, and there be a, a hole in the grave that it has been dug up, and they are no longer there. It's a freaky moment, and that's exactly what they're experiencing. They found that the stone had been rolled away in verse 3, so they went in to inspect. I'm not going in to a grave, but they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there, as you and I would be, the Bible says, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Now, many of you are more spiritual than I am today, but when I hear them say clothed in dazzling robes, I just picture, this is my way, I just picture a disco ball. You've got two bedazzled men in robes standing there, two women who are in absolute fear for their life. I mean, they're inside of a grave. Suddenly, two men in dazzling robes show up. I mean, this is a crazy moment. This is Easter morning. Listen, verse 5, they were terrified, as you and I would be. They bowed down with their faces to the ground, and the men asked a question. And this is a question that I want you to really consider today. I think this may be by far one of the most powerful questions ever asked in Scripture. And here's what it says. They asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Today, I know that on this Easter, many of us are looking to live again. We're looking for life. We're looking to escape this grave that we feel like we are in this funeral that we feel like that we are surrounded by, this never-ending cycle of loss and disappointment and hurt and pain. But yet we turn to more pain and more hurt and more loss and more disappointment, trying to find hope to live again. But today, what if you just considered this question, why do you look for the living among the dead? Remember, this is important, you remember the promise that Jesus gave that, that they had forgotten? The disciples had forgotten about it. All the people close to Jesus who had heard His promise had forgotten about it. Well, these two men who showed up, they didn't forget the promise. And they were there to remind these ladies. They said, remember what the Lord told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed. He must experience the pain of Easter into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. But He would rise again on the third day. It's the power of Easter. And today, my heart for you would be to experience this very power. Because of Jesus today, all the things in your life that seem impossible are possible. And it's not because of anything that I can do in myself, it's nothing that you can do for yourself. It is literally the power of Easter, bringing us from a moment of pain, embracing and accepting a promise, and then experiencing the power that Easter has for you today. The resurrection was really the proof of the power of God. The very resurrection of knowing that Jesus gave His life, was buried in a tomb, and was resurrected was proof for us today that what God did then, God can do now. And here's the greatest thing of all. If God has the power to raise you from a physical grave, He can raise you from a spiritual grave. And today that is the power of God. It's the power of Easter. 
that you can live again. The Bible says that God knew that life is eternal. There's something beyond this and that our decisions here make a difference in eternity. So he said that he would send his son to live a perfect sinless life on this earth and he would sacrifice himself for our sin, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible teaches us that he came back to life and, and that we could have an eternity settled with him if we would confess our sins and believe that he came to life again. So that's my hope for us today, that we would believe in the hope beyond the here and now. And so today, I wanna to pray for you. And my heart and my hope for you today is that somehow, as you may feel, like your life is sitting in the middle of a funeral and there's loss all around you. I wanna take you from the pain of Easter today. I wanna to encourage you to embrace the promise of Easter, that Jesus, would give His life and He would be resurrected. And because He gave His life, you and I have an opportunity to be forgiven of the sins that are in ours. And then the power of Easter, that God gives us the ability to be overcomers. Scripture tells us that the very power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and He lives in me. And so today, I want to pray for you. Wherever you are right now, don't let distraction get you. I just pray that in this moment, you would take just a few seconds just to pray. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to lead you today into a relationship with Him. And if you make a decision today, we would love to hear from you so we can pray for you. We want to be able to pray for your decision and maybe even send you some information to help you take some next steps. But I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for, maybe you are a believer today and you already have that relationship with Jesus, but you're just experiencing that pain. Maybe life for you has also felt like sitting in the middle of a funeral. But today, we're going to embrace the promise and we're going to experience the power. So Jesus, today, I pray for all of my friends who are watching today. And if there be one of us that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, Father, this is our day. We thank you for Easter. We thank you for giving your life. And we thank you for the hope of eternity. And we know that we have sin. We know that we've fallen short. And we've gotten it wrong. And so today we ask you for forgiveness. We choose to put our faith in you and to place you as number one in our life. We know that you gave your life for us so that we could be forgiven. You shed your blood. And today we thank you for it and we receive it. And I pray for all of my friends who are struggling today with pain. I pray that they would accept the promise and experience your power. I pray for peace. I pray for hope. I pray for your favor upon every family, on every person. We love you in Jesus' name. Man, what an amazing worship experience and great message today. Thank you again for joining us for Cultivate Church Online. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, there's an email link on your screen. Please send us an email and let us know about that decision. We'd love to send you some information on some next steps that you can take and to be able to pray for you and really let you know that you're not alone in this journey and we would love to be able to walk that with you. And if you call Cultivate Church home, there's some ways on your screen for you to be able to continue your worship and giving. Now more than ever, it's such an important time for us to be able to continue to give for those who are hurting, for those who are in need, not just within our church family or our community, but all over the world. 
And hey, this week, small groups are still going on. Find yourself a small group. Get plugged into a group or a community with people. We're not meant to do life alone, to be able to stay in constant communication with each other. But thank you again so much for joining us for Cultivate Church Online. Happy Easter, and we will see you again next week.